Shalom to all. Today's daf is Gain Daf M Gimel. We are starting Membez on base. Six lines up from the bottom with the words Ibailahu. And today's daf is sponsored Lili Nishmas, Mars Miram Sarah Basri Yakamaisha, Hernish Shama Shadavanalia, and Lili Nishmas, Mars Freda Kayabela, Basri Yitzhaktsvi, Hernish Shama Shadavanalia. I think Mars says Ibailahu that has the following question. Evid Shabhari Rabbi Laknas, Machur or Enamachur. Let's say the master of an Evid sold him just for Knas purposes. Is that considered a valid sale or not? Meaning he's retaining full ownership of his Evid. However, in case something happens to his Evid, for example, his Evid gets killed by someone else's ox, and the ox's owner would have to pay a kenas in that case, so a person who bought the seven would receive that kenas. Is that considered a valid sale or not? And the Gemara clarifies the question, This is a question both according to Rav Meir and according to Rabbanon. Why is this a question according to Rav Meir? Because we would say that Rav Meir only holds that a person could be mocking something that's not here yet. For example, something that grows on a palm tree, like dates, because they're most probably going to grow. But over here, who says that the Evans is ever going to get gored by an ox? And if Tim Slimer, if you're going to say the Mingach, that he will get gored by the ox, who says that the owner of the ox is going to end up having to pay? Maybe he's going to be that his ox had gored this Eved, and he's going to be putter. Why is that? Because we know that Madib Knas is putter. If a person would be chayv to pay a Knas, and he walks into Bezdin and on his own admits, by the way, I'm chayv this Knas, so he's actually putter. So who says we're ever going to have a case where a Knas is going to have to be paid for this Eved? The Rav Meir would say that the owner could be makna that Knas over to somebody else. But the there's also a question according to Rabbanon, because I Perhaps our abundant only say that a person is not able to be makna something that's not here yet. Maybe that's referring to fruit that grows on the palm tree, like dates, because right now they're not here. So a person who owns a palm tree can't sell dates that will eventually grow because right now they're not here. We have a shar, meaning we have an ox roaming around that technically could gore this eved, and we have an eved. So we have all the components right now set up for a potential knas. So maybe the chum over here would say that a person could be makna something that's not here yet. And the Gemara concludes, my, what's the halacha? Is the master of this Evid able to sell this Evid only for Kanas purposes? So Rav he answers Tashma. Now we're going to be quoting a Pazak that tells us that the Evid of a Kayin is allowed to eat Truma. And it mentions two different types of Avadim. One type of an Evid is Kenyan Kaspai, an Evid that the Kayin purchased with money. And one of them is called Yelid Beisai, which is an Evid that was born in the Kayin's house, meaning an Evid that he had purchased now gave birth to another Evid. So the brass begins by quoting part of the Pazak, Vilid Bayas, an Evid born in the Kayin's house is allowed to eat Truma. What's that coming to teach us? Because Im Kenyan you live by as a culture If an Evid purchased by the Kayin is allowed to eat Truma, so of course an Evid born in the Kayin's house, he's almost like a family member of the Kayin, of course he's allowed to eat Truma. So why does the Pasuk have to tell us that you live by is allowed to eat Truma? So Brysa answers, Ilu Kain, if it was like this, meaning if the Pasuk only mentioned that Kenyan Kaspai can eat Truma, so Yisi Eimer, I would say, that my Kenyan Kasef, Shiesh by Shava Kasef, Eichel. Afilid Bayez, Shiesh by Shava Kasef, Eichel. That just like an Evid who's purchased for money, which means he's worth money, so he can eat Truma, so to only Yelid Bayez, someone born in the house, who's worth money, who's worth something, so he'd be allowed to eat Truma. But if he wouldn't be worth any money, let's say he's a Mukashchin, he's full of boils, and no one would want to buy him, so maybe he wouldn't be allowed to eat Truma. And therefore, how do I know that even if this Evid is not worth anything, he'd still be allowed to eat Truma? That's why the Pasuk says, Yelid Bayez, no matter what, even if he's not worth any money, if he was born in the Kain's house, he's allowed to eat Truma. Now, still would say, says the Brysa, Yelid Bayez, Bain Shiesh Bashava Kasef, Bain if he's Yelid Bayez, he was born in the Kayin's house, it doesn't make a difference if he's worth money or not, he'd be allowed to eat Truma. But Kenyan Kasef, if he was purchased by the Kayin, Yesh Bashava Kasef Eichel. If he's currently worth money, he has value to him, so then he can eat Truma. But if he doesn't have any value to him, so then he wouldn't be allowed to eat Truma. Tom Lemmer, that's why the Pusik says, 
Kenyan Kasboy, Veilid Beisai. It groups them together. And what do we learn from here? Mahilid Bias, Alpha Pishay Neshava Kolom, Eichel, an Evid born in the Kayan's house. Even if he's not worth anything, he's allowed to eat Truma, Af Kenyan Kasboy, Alpha Pishay Neshava Kolom, Eichel. So to an Evid purchased by the Kayan, even if he's not worth anything, he'd be allowed to eat Truma. Now here's an attempted answer to our question. If you're going to tell me that when a master sells his Evid just for Kanas purposes, that's considered a valid sale, so Mieka Avdadolim is Dabin Lakanasa, would you ever be able to have an Evid that's not going to be sold for Kanas? Meaning, how do you ever have a situation of an Evid that's not worth any money? Which we were talking about before, maybe an Evid that's not worth any money can't eat Truma. But how do you have an Evid that's not worth any money? Even an Evid that a person would never pay money for to buy him as an Evid to work for him, a person would still pay a little bit of money for him to be able to receive the Knas if this Evid was killed. So technically, every Evid should have value. And since this Bryce was discussing an Evid that doesn't have any value, it must be that a master is not able to sell his Evid for Knas purposes. So the answer is in there actually is an Evid that doesn't have any value, even for Knas purposes, because because Ikev a trefa, there's an Evid which is a trefa. This Evid has a din of a trefa, like the din of a trefa of an animal, and he's going to die. And therefore, if an ox gores him, there is no din of knas, and the ox's owner would not have to pay for that. And that Evid can't be sold. Ask the Gemara, why can't that Evid be sold? Well, Chazi will make him come. Then Evid could still stand in front of him, meaning that Evid could still work before he dies. Even though he's a trefa, he's not going to die right now. He might die in a month or two months from now. So he still has some value to him. Maybe if he gets killed, the owner's not going to get knas, but he still is able to do some sort of work. So the answer is no, but we're talking about an Evid which is repulsive and he's full of boils and he's also a trefa, so therefore he has no value because no one's going to buy him because no one wants him to be around them. He's a Menovel and a Mokashchin and he also has no din of Knas, so this would be an Evid that doesn't have any value to him. Ethical Mark continues to be able to ask the following question. We have a half Evid, half Ben Chirin. Shekidish Bas Chirin. He was Makadesh Abbas Chirin. Mahu, what's the halacha? Do we say it's a valid Kiddushin or not? And here's the discussion. In terms of if you want to say Ben Yisrael, Sha'am Labas Yisrael, a regular Yid told a Jewish woman, I want to make half of a Kiddushin, and in that case, it is a good Kiddushin. Maybe the only reason why that's a valid Kiddushin is the Chazi Lekule. That's because she could be fully Mikudashas to him. But ha, loy Chazi Lekule. In this case, we have half Evid, half Ben Chirin trying to be Makadesh, a Jewish woman. She's not able to be fully Mikudashas to him because he's a half Evid. And if you want to say the other way, Ben Yusol, Makadesh, Chazi Isha, and Mikudashas, then when a regular Ben Yusol is Makadesh, a woman, only halfway, she's not Mikudashas, that might be the Shire Bikinyonai because he's leaving some Kenyan over, he's not being kind of everything he possibly could. He's only doing half of a Kiddushin and not a full Kiddushin, and he could do a full Kiddushin, so that's why it's not valid. But Val Evid, in the case of this half Evid, half Ben Chirin, he's not leaving over anything in his Kenyan because he's only able to do half of a Kiddushin, for he's still half Evid, and he put his all in, he did everything he could, maybe that would be a valid Kiddushin. And we conclude, my what's a halacha? So Gemara times the Raya Toshma, we already have this a few times before, Hemis Mishchetzi Evid, Chetzi Ben Chirin, Oshar, killed a half Evid, half Ben the owner of the shar has to pay half knas to the Evid's master and half kaifer to the yarshim of the Evid. Now here's a tempted raya. If you're going to say that when half Evid, half Ben Chirin is Makadesh, a Jewish woman, it's not a valid Kiddushin, Yarshim Menolei, how does he have Yarshim? Allahically, any children that he has wouldn't be considered Yarshim, and therefore they shouldn't receive kaifer when he gets killed. And by the fact that we're saying that we're going to give half kaifer to his Yarshim, it must be that this half Evid, half Ben Chirin's Kiddushin is is a valid Kiddushin. Summer of Hadarava, he answers that's not a Raya. Shasai Trefa. We're talking about where that Shar gored this fellow and he didn't kill him. He just turned him into a Trefa, which means he's going to die. And my Yarshav, what does it mean that the ox's owner has to pay half Kaifer to his Yarshim? Nafshe. It means that he has to pay it to the Evid himself. Now, Marav, Rava commented on this. There's two reasons, two rebuttals why this is not so. Chada, first of all, the Yarshim Katani, it says very clearly his Yarshim. It doesn't say that we're paying him, it says we're paying his Yarshim. But, and furthermore, Kaifer who? This is a Kaifer. 
Kaifer payment. Rami Shlokish, Shlokish said, Kaifer ain't mishtalem el miso. Kaifer is only paid after someone actually dies. And someone getting a wound, which makes him into trefa, which means he's going to die, that does not warrant a Kaifer payment. So it must be over here that we're referring to the Eved actually dying. So Elam Rava, Rav explains differently. Roy Lital Ve'enloi. When it says that we pay Kaifer to his Yarshim, it doesn't mean that we're actually paying Kaifer to Yarshim because there are no Yarshim. It means that if he had Yarshim, so then they would be Roy to get that half Kaifer payment. But in practicality, since there are no Yarshim, nothing's actually going to be paid. I think where it continues, Amarava, and some say the gear says Amarava, the same way that if a person is Makadish a woman only halfway, she's not Makadish. In Kedusha Kedushin. If we have a woman who's half Shifcha, half free, and a Jewish man is Makadesh her, that's not a valid Kedushin, because that's only considered a half Kedushin. And Darsh Rabbi Arfuna, Rabbi Arfuna Darshan, Kashem Shamakach Chatsi Isha in Mikudeshes, the same way if a man is only half Makadesh a woman, she's not Mikudeshes, Kach, Chatsi Shifcha Chatsi Baschairin, Shaniskacha in Mikudeshes, so too if we have a woman who's a half Shifcha, half Baschairin, and someone's Makadesh her, that's not a valid Kedushin. Now, Rabbi Arfuna told him, Me dummy, are these two cases comparable? A Jewish man being Makadesh a Jewish woman only halfway, and a person being Makadesh a half Shifcha, half Baschairin, Hasam Shirbikinyanai. Over there, when the Jewish man is Makadesh, the Jewish woman, only halfway, so he's leaving some Kenyan over, he's able to be kind of her in her entirety, but he only was kind of half of her. But Hacha over here, Lai Shirbikinyanai, he didn't leave anything over in the Kenyan. When we have a woman who's half Shifcha, half Baschairin, so only half of her could be Mikudeshes, and he was Makadesh an entire half, so it should be valid. So after Chizu told him this, listen to what happened. Hadar Aikim Rabbar of Huna Amaira Alei, Rabbar of Huna went and established an Amaira, a spokesperson, in regards to this. Over here, this doesn't referred to an Amaira versus Atana. It refers to a spokesperson, which is basically the speaker system of the Rosh Hashiva. The Rosh Hashiva would give over Shir in a quiet voice, and the Amaira would broadcast it for everyone. So Rabbi Rav Huna set up an Amaira, Vidarsh and Yidarsh in the following Pasuk. The Pasuk says, And this stumbling block is under your hand. Now this Pasuk refers to the time period before Chorban Bayez Rishayin, and there weren't many people who could paskin Allah properly, so when they found someone suitable, they would ask him to lead them, quoting this Pasuk, This stumbling block, which is the Torah, is under your hand, meaning you know it and are capable, so please be our leader. And Rabbi Rav Huna continued explaining why is it called a machshela, a stumbling block, because in Adam al a person doesn't stand on Devar he doesn't strengthen himself and become strong in unless he stumbles in them, meaning he paskin something, he learns incorrect pshat, someone corrects him, and then he chazes it, and he learns it again, and then he becomes strong in Torah. And Rabbi Rav Huna was telling everyone, that's exactly what I did, I made a mistake. And this is what he said, even though they said that if a person is a Makadish woman has Way. She's not Mikudeshes. However, if a person is going to be Makadesh, someone who's half Shifcha, half Baschairin, that is a valid Kiddushin. And my time of why is that? What's the difference? Because Hasam Shirbikinyanai, over there, when a regular man is Makadesh, a woman, only halfway, he's leaving some Kenyan over. Whereas Hacha over here, he's not leaving any Kenyan over. He's Makadesh, the entire part of the woman, which is able to accept Kiddushin. However, now we have Machlaikes, or Ravshesha, or Ravshesha says, the same way that a person is Makadesh, half a woman, she's not Makadeshes, if a person is Makadesh, a half Shifcha, half Baschairin, that's not a valid Kedushin. If a person is going to whisper to you and quote the following, which is going to perhaps show that it is a valid Kedushin, and what would they say? What's considered Shifcha Harufa? I remember we've quoted this Pasuk of Shifcha Harufa previously, and the Pasuk tells us about a Yid who lives with a Shifcha, and neither of them are going to get killed. So, what is a Shifcha Harufa that we're talking about? She's a half Shifcha, half Baschairin. She received Kedushin. 
Kiddushin from an Eved Ivri. Now, Amma, what do we see from here? Masasrusehi, that she is able to accept Kiddushin. She's able to consider it Mikudeshes. So Sheshes is saying, someone might tell you this. And if that happens, Amarlo, you should tell him, Klachitz or Abishmal. Go to Abishmal's explanation of this Pasuk. Shehu Oimer, he explains, Beshivcha Kananis, Ham Russell Eved Ivri. This Pasuk is talking about a full fledged Shivcha Kananis who's engaged to an Eved Ivri. And it's not talking about a half Shivcha, half Bas Chiron. We just clarify, Shivcha Kananis, Basasrusehi, is a Shivcha Kananis able to accept Kiddushin? Why are we calling her Mi'urasa, that she's halachically engaged, as if she accepted Kiddushin? A Shivcha Kananis can't accept Kiddushin. What could you say? My Mi'urasas. What does it mean that she's Mi'urasas? Mi'uchedes. She's designated to this man. So, Hanami, so it's over here. My Mi'urasas, Mi'uchedes. Mi'urasas does not mean that she's halachically engaged, that she accepted Kiddushin. It just means that she's designated to this man. So, Sheshes has successfully defended himself. So, we have this machlekes between Rav Chizda and Rabbi Rav Huna on one side, and Rav Sheshes on the other side, in regards to being Mikadesh, or half Shivcha, half Baschairin. And now we continue with another case. Amr Chazar Chazar says, Chazar Shivcha, Chazar Baschairin, with a woman who's a half Shivcha, half Baschairin, Shaniskachal Ruvain, she became Mikudeshes to Ruvain, Minishtachara, and then her master freed her, so now she's just a regular Bas Yisrael, Vachazar Minishtachal Shemin, and then she accepted Kiddushin from Shemin, who's Ruvain's brother, Umesu Shneim, and both Ruvain and Shemin died. Miss Yavemis Levi, she does do Yibum to Levi. Let's remember what's a classic case of Yibum. We have two brothers, Ruvain and Shemin, Ruvain's married to a woman, sadly he dies without children, so the midst of Yibum says that Shimon, the remaining brother, should marry Ruvain's wife. So over here we had three brothers. Ruvain was Makadesh half this woman. She became fully freed. Shimon was then Makadesh her, and both of them died. So she's allowed to do Yibum to Levi. What's the Chiddush over here? I don't say about her that she's the wife of two Mesim. Now what does that mean, a wife of two Mesim? So we darshan from the Pasuk of Yibum that if this woman's considered to be the wife of two Mesim, we're not allowed to have Yibum. And what would that case be? So let's say this woman's married to Ruvain. He dies without children. And then the brother Shimon does Mimer to her, which is like a quasi-Kiddushin, and then Shimon dies. So Levi over here is not allowed to do Yibam on her because she's considered the wife of two brothers, not just one. And over here, we don't have that problem. Why not? Because Manavshach, if Reuven's Kiddushin was 100% valid, so that means that Shimon's Kiddushin, after she became freed, is nothing. And that means she's not married to Shimon at all. And if you want to say that Shimon's Kiddushin was the valid one because he was Makadesh, a fully freed woman, so that means that Reuven's Kiddushin, when he was Makadesh her when she was only half Shifcha, half Baschairin, was not a valid Kiddushin. So either which way, she's only considered to be married to either Ruvain or Shimon, but definitely not both of them. I think Mark continues with another case. Itmar was stated, We have a woman who's a half Shifcha, half Baschairin, and she becomes Mekdashes to Ruvain, and she becomes freed, and then she accepts Kiddushin from Shimon. And over here, it's important to note, we're using the same name as the previous case, but in this case, Shimon is not Ruvain's brother. So the Kiddushin of the first one, the Kiddushin of Ruvain, has now disappeared and she's considered married to Shimon. Whereas Rav Zeram Rav Nachman, Gamru Kiddushi Rishon, the Kiddushin of the first one of Ruvain has been completed when he was Makadesh her as a half Shefcha, half Baschairin. That wasn't a full Kiddushin and the moment she was released, it's like the Kiddushin that Ruvain gave her now spread to the rest of her and that means that Shimon's Kiddushin is not valid. Now Rav Zeram, Rav Zeram says, it's logical to say like me. Because the Pasuk says, that they're not going to die because she wasn't freed. And again, this is going back to this Pasuk that we had quoted previously regarding a person who lived with a Shifcha who was Nechrefes Le'esh. Now, what do I learn from here, says Reb Zeira? Yumsu. If she was completely freed, they would both be killed. So Amr Le'abai Abai asked him, well, turn to Be'er Bishmol, according to that which was taught in the base Meshav Reb Bishmol, the Amr that he said, B'Shifcha Kananis Hamres Le'evit Ivri, that this passage was talking about a full-fledged Shifcha Kananis who's engaged or designated to marry an Evid Ivri. Hachinami, would you also say the same thing? Yumsu, that when she gets released, they're going to be killed? That doesn't make sense. And the reason why it doesn't make sense is because a Kiddushin that she accepted as a full-fledged Shifcha Kananis isn't valid at all. And even if she's going to be subsequently freed, it's not like now that Kiddushin is going to be Chal, she would have to receive a brand.
brand new Kiddushin. So what could you say in this case? It would have to be that she was freed and then she became Mikudashas again. Over here, even when we're talking about a half shifcha, half paschairin, we can also say that she got freed, but she received new Kiddushin, and really the second Kiddushin she received would be valid and not the first. Now, Marv Huna Barkatina, Marv Yitzchak, Maisa, there's a story of Isha Achaz, Shechaz, 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 She was a half shifcha, half paschairin, Vakafu has Rabba, Basa, Baschairin, and they forced his master to set her free to make her complete Baschairin. And Kaman, who this be like, Rabbi Yechon Rebreka, the Amr that he says, Al Shnei Mo'aymer, on both of them it was said, meaning on both man and woman, the following Psukim were said, and Hashem blessed them and said, Be fruitful, multiply, and fill the land. Meaning, a woman also has a chiyav of pruvu. She has to help populate the world, and that's why we would force her master to free her because she's a half shifcha, half baschayrin. She can't marry anyone in this state. However, Amr Nachman argues, and he says, "Lie, that's not true." Since she was half here, half there, everyone was treating her as hefker, and they were just being mezana with her in order to prevent this. That's why they forced her master to free her, but not because a woman has a chiyav. And moving on to brain Mishnah, the Mishnah says, If a person sells his Evid to Gayim, or to somebody, meaning a Jewish owner, who's going to bring him out to Chutzlaret, this Evid now goes free. Now, when the master sells his Evid to a guy, the reason why we force him to redeem his Evid and set the Evid free is because we know that an Evid is Chayv and Mitzvahs. And now that he's by a Gaisha master, he's not going to be able to keep those Mitzvahs. So, therefore, his Jewish master, the one who used to be his Jewish master, is now forced to buy him back from the new Gaisha master, and then he has to set him free. And same thing with selling an Evid to Chutzlaret, this Evid is now not able to to keep mitzvahs that have to do with Eretz Yisrael, and therefore we force him to be freed, and the Gemara is going to discuss who has to free him. Is it the master that sold him, or the new one that bought him? Now the Gemara tells us, Someone who sells his Evid to non-Jews, that Evid goes free, but he still needs a get shechor from his first master. Now, he tells us, when was it said, if he didn't write a shtar about him, but if he wrote a shtar about him, that is his freedom. Now we just ask, what exactly is this writing a star about him? What does that mean that he wrote a star about him? So Rav Sheshas, he explains, the of Hachi, he wrote the following for this evidence of his, when you run away from this new master of yours, so I don't have anything to do with you, meaning you're going to be free. And that Evan doesn't need a special star shecher from his master. And a similar case, we have a bride, the slave's master borrowed on him from a guy, which means this Yid borrowed money from a guy, and he had stipulated that if he doesn't pay the loan back, so he's going to give the guy this Evan. If a guy did this according to Nimusai, which right now we're going to translate as his custom, he did it like his custom, so then the Evid's going to go free. So Gemar asks, my Nimusai, what does that mean that the guy did it according to his custom? So Rafun explains, Nashki, which means a seal or a signet, meaning the guy now took his special seal and put it around this Evid, showing that this Evid's his, so in a way that's considered that the Evid's his, and now the Evid goes free. But now Master of Shesha, Shesha has asked the following question, how could you say that? We know in regards to working land, Ho'arisen, a Yid who share crops land in Eretz Yisrael, meaning the Yid doesn't own the land, he's working non-Jewishly owned land as a sharecropper, or v'chichiros, a yid who's leasing land from a guy, v'arise bate avais, or sharecropping arrangement, which is working by bate avais, which is like an ancestral sharecropping arrangement, meaning this yid's father and grandfather and all of his ancestors, they had this arrangement to sharecrop this land, v'avikacham shemishkan sodeh Yisrael, or a guy who had said that his field is going to be a mashka and a collateral to a yid, even though when the yid made this arrangement, whatever the arrangement was, but when he made this arrangement, it was according to the nimos, the custom of the guy, anything that grows in this land is pater from Iser. And this is according to the Manda Amr that anything grown on non-Jewishly owned land in Eretz Yisrael is pater from Iser. Now here's the question. If you want to say that Nimusai means Nashki, this like seal or signet of the guy, so Sadebas Nashkihi is a field something that we put a Nashki on, that we put the seal or signet on. We don't do that to a field. So it can't be the word 
Nani Musai, his custom means Nashki. So Elam Rav Sheshis, answers, Zman. Nani Musai is something totally different. It means the date or the Zman was written in this document. Now the Gemara asks, Kasha Zman Zman. Now we have a stira Zman on Zman. Why is that? Because we had just said that the first brass is telling us that if in this loan document between the Yid and the Guy they had written the date, meaning if the loan's not paid by this date, my Evid is going to belong to you, Mr. Guy. So then the Evid would belong to the Guy, and that would be like selling the Evid, and that's always said that the Evid goes free. However, in the second brass, when we were talking about Yidin sharecropping land from Gaim, the last case that we brought in the brass was a guy who gave his field as a collateral to a Yid, which means that the guy owed the Yid money, and they had stipulated if he doesn't pay that loan, then this land will belong to the Yid. And they did it Kini Musa, according to the custom of the guy, which now we understand that means they had written the date in it. And still we say that anything that grows on this land is Potter from Iser, which means that the land is still considered to be owned by the guy and it's not owned by the Yid. So my answer is like Hashan Ostira, The first Bryce is talking about where that time had come, and that's why the guy now is considered to be owning this Eved, so the Eved goes free. Whereas the second Bryce is talking about where the time didn't come yet, so therefore the guy still owns the land, and the land hasn't been transferred yet to the Yid. The Gemara says, I can't be because in this first Bryce, when we're talking about the Eved, once the time comes to pay, and the Yid didn't pay, so obviously his Eved belongs to the guy, and of course then the Eved would have to go free. Why would the Bryce have to tell me that? So we have a different answer. Both Bryce are talking about where the time had not yet come to pay. But like Hash, there's no steering between the Bryce's. The first Bryce, which is talking about where the Eved himself is being given over to the guy, and that's why the Eved would go free. Whereas the second Bryce, which is talking about the land, is just talking about that the fruit of the land, the pay rights, the produce of the land, would go to the Yid, and not the land itself. And that's why something that grows from the land is still going to be part of Remeiser. Alternatively, we could say, Both these cases are talking about a loan, where this thing could be collected as a Mashkin at the end. However, neither of the cases was a thing actually collected. So in the second Bryce, when we were talking about the land and the produce growing on it, even though the Yid is able to take it as a mashkin for the loan, since he didn't take it yet, so all the produce here is still considered to be grown on non-Jewishly owned land, and that's why it's Potiphar Meiser. Whereas in the first Bryce, when we're talking about the Eved, even though the guy did not take the Eved yet as the mashkin, since he's able to come and take the Eved as payment for the loan, the Cham can ask the Jewish owner for even giving his Eved as a mashkin, and the Eved's going to go free, even though, again, he wasn't collected for the loan. We're going to stop here for the day, pick up tomorrow, continue to talk about this. For now, everyone should have a wonderful day.